Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Welcome back to the Focus 15 podcast. This is Katie Orr, and I'm here with my husband, Dr. Orr, just this week. That's not my first name. Chris. Chris Orr is no longer a Mr. Orr. He is a Dr. Orr, so... Technically, I was a reverend before that. You are a reverend Orr, so... Big news in the Orr household. We have a doctor in the house. Um, Just don't bring me your medical questions. No, it's not a medical doctor. It's a doctorate of ministry, and we're very proud of him. But anyway, if you are new to the Focus 15 podcast, um, I am Katie. This is Chris. We are married, and we love talking about the Bible. So here we go. Today, we are in episode number 12, and this is going to be our fourth of our podcast that answer the question, what do I need to know about a specific book of the Bible? And today we are talking about John. Typically we look at the author, the audience, and the aim of the book. So let's start with the author. All right, well, John is uh, a gospel, and it's easy enough because it's written by John. Um, John was one of the original 12 apostles that followed Jesus around during his earthly ministry. And uh, John has the distinction of being one of the inner core of Jesus' disciples. And so, as you read through the New Testament, what you see is that, yes, Jesus focused most of his ministry with 12 disciples. um, And within that 12 disciples, within that group of men, he had three guys that he would often pull aside for uh, unique experiences. Um, and so the other two in that group are Peter and James. And so Peter, James, and John are sometimes they're called the inner circle or, um, I, I, there's not like a, an actual name that they have uh, copyrighted or anything. The cool kids. Yeah. But, uh, but Jesus would pull them aside for special appearances, uh, or special experiences. Appearances. Appearances. Well, and I, it's funny that uh-huh. I made that slip of the tongue, but uh, in the Transfiguration, mm-hmm. in they Matthew 17, Peter, James, and John are there, and there Jesus appears um, in his glory, and uh, his, uh, it's such a, an impressive moment that Peter decides, hey, let's build a monument. Let's make a national park out of this uh, <laughs> spot, and then uh, Katie would want to go there and get her book stamped. Um, but uh, so Peter, James, and John are part of the inner core, and so John is writing uh, this gospel, uh, and so he is our uh, author. Uh, Jesus elsewhere in the New Testament calls him the beloved disciple. So he, this is a uh, he, this is a very uh, close connection that, that mm-hmm. John has with Jesus. That's our author. And, okay, I'm going to make a confession, and some of you may have to make this confession as well. For a very long time, I thought that there was only one John in the Bible. Like, John the Baptist and John the Disciple were the same people. And I won't tell you how old I was when I figured out that wasn't the case. But two weeks just ago. in case, no, <laughs> not two weeks ago, not two years ago, but, you know, well into adulthood that it was like, Oh, these are two different people. So just to kind of clarify and also free it up that, you know, we don't always have all of our characters down. But this is not John the Baptist. This is a different John. This is John the Disciple. Yeah, John the Baptist is older than Jesus. And John the Disciple is younger than Jesus because he lives until about 100 A.D. So he, uh, and he was a very old man when he died. But he was younger than Jesus. John the Baptist was older than Jesus. Therefore, they can't be the same guy. 
All right, so tell us about the audience. Who was John writing this to? All right, so John is writing um, to a, a mixed audience. He's writing to both Jews and Gentiles. And one of the ways that we can tell that as we're reading through Scripture, uh, especially as we're reading um, the Gospels, is if the author starts to explain Jewish customs, it's probably because he's writing to people who aren't familiar with Jewish customs. So John is writing to what we would call a universal audience because he's writing to both Jews and Gentiles. He doesn't assume the reader knows everything about um, the, uh, the, the Jewish customs, but on the other hand, he is trying to prove the point that, um, that Jesus is the Messiah, which was a part of the Jewish tradition. Of course, mm-hmm. we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, and so, so the audience is a universe, universal audience. John, uh, after his um, after he spends time with Jesus after the resurrection and after the Jerusalem church uh, disbands or, or flees because of persecution, John goes to Ephesus. And Ephesus is where we get the book of Paul is writing the, the letter to Ephesians, which becomes the, the epistle or the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. So John's affiliated with the church at Ephesus. And so he's writing to, um, to, to Jews and Gentiles. He probably has these Ephesian believers in mind. And he's writing sometime between 70 AD and 100 AD. So 70 AD is when the, uh, the temple is destroyed. And it's a major event in the early in the first century, and he we think he died somewhere around 100 A.D. So sometime between 70 and 100 A.D. is when he's writing, and he and like I said, he's he's writing to that universal audience of both Jews and Gentiles, mm-hmm. which is different than what we've looked at so far with Matthew being to the primarily a Jewish, Jewish. audience, and Mark is primarily, I believe, a Roman mm-hmm. audience. Um, and, and Luke was a letter. Luke is, is so writing to a he's writing to a Greek still, but, guy named yeah. Theophilus. Um, yeah, and so John's not writing to a specific person or even um, a specific group. He's mm-hmm. writing to uh, several groups. Yeah. Okay. And so, why did what's the aim? Why did John write this book? Okay, so John <clears throat> and Luke are the easiest gospels to, to answer this about because Luke tells the beginning. I'm writing this letter to you, dear Theophilus, um, to give you an ordered account of what you've heard. John tells us the same thing, but he doesn't tell us right away. So, uh, if uh, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, like <laughs> David Platt would say, um, if you turn to John 20 and looked at verses 30 and 31, John tells us what the purpose of the book is. In fact, uh, I'm going to read it. He says, now, John did, excuse me, not, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of John writing the book was that people would believe that Jesus really is the Son of God. He really is the promised Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. And if we believe that, if we would uh, stake our entire life, our entire eternal destiny on that belief, then we can have eternal life uh, in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so actually we are in the process in our church of, of studying this, uh, this book together. That's what I preach through on Sunday mornings at the moment. And I started out the entire series in, not in John 1, 1, but actually in John 20, starting out with the purpose. And so as you study, it's always helpful, we think, to look at the author, audience, and name, because mm-hmm. that really will help guide you the rest of your study. 
Yeah. And this is really, I think, helps us understand why so many people say, hey, if you're going to start anywhere, start John. There's a lot of pastors, a lot of ministry leaders, a lot of churches, a lot of people that would say, if you're just starting out, or even maybe if you're not a believer yet, and you want to learn more about Jesus, learn more about the gospel, what's true about God, to start in John. And it really helps us to see that, well, yeah, that's exactly what John was wanting. He was writing it to for anybody and writing so that you might believe. And so that's really why it's a great place to start. I say it's probably also uh, a little bit of uh, those people who give that advice is probably also um, not wanting to pick favorites between the other three. <laughs> so last time we talked um, in one of our uh, podcasts about the synoptic gospel. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic gospels, which is a, a, a Greek word that means seen together because they're very similar in content. John is very different than the other three gospels. And so you don't have to pick, you know, if, you, if you're going to pick a gospel and say, I want you to go read this gospel. Um, John's like the oddball, and so he's the easy one to pick. Mm-hmm. If you go with one of the other three, you're kind of having to pick favorites between, mm-hmm. th- you know, gospels that are, that are fairly similar in content and form. Yeah. All right, well, what else do we need to know about John? What kind of sets it apart? Okay, so again, because it's very different than the um, than the other three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, it, we know that there is uh, things that John is doing that, uh, that are kind of unique to him. And so I would put this under the category of his style. The style of his writing is very artistic, uh, whereas Matthew, Mark, and Luke are almost like reporters, um, saying this happened, then this happened, very almost in a very chronological way. John almost goes out of his way to not be chronological. He he's grouping things, he's grouping stories in a way to make a theological point, not necessarily to convey the chronology, the timeline of of when things happened. And so, even uh, a few weeks ago, we were in John chapter five, and he's in Jerusalem, and the next, and it's talking about the next day, he's in. Galilee, and that's more than a day's trip, and you know, especially if you're walking. Um, and so it's it it there's time gaps, there's time lapses, there's uh, you know, there's there's travel that that John doesn't report, and so just know that going in that he's he's writing artistically. Uh, everything he says is true, but he's he's grouping it in, in a in a very artistic way. Um, and uh, another difference between John and the other three Gospels is that uh, John devotes a large portion of the book to Jesus last week. So in, in the other Gospels, only a few chapters are, are devoted to Jesus last week. Um, but in, in John, he devotes chapters 12 through 20. And there's only 21 chapters. And so it's a, a huge portion of his Gospel is devoted to that one week of Jesus' life. Um, and so Jesus, uh, so, excuse me, so, so John has this kind of artistic flair. Um, he, he's grouping things in a way to make a theological point more than to, to do a chronological timeline. Um, and uh, he's focusing on Jesus last week. And then finally, I would say the biggest difference between John and the other Gospels is that he very much is, is, is theological. And so he's including teachings of Jesus in a way that uh, it's not just reporting, but he, he's trying to teach really deep issues. In fact, there's some uh, deep issues we've waded into even this week in John chapter 6 where uh, Jesus is teaching about how people come to salvation. So there's some very weighty theological things that, that John is trying to make the point about that the other gospel writers, they don't take it as, mm-hmm. as far, they don't, they don't go in, in depth as much 
And so he's very theological in his in his writing. So it's almost like instead of writing a biography about Jesus, he's writing kind of a Christian living book. I'm trying to maybe. I mean, I, th- I still think it's a, it's a biography. It's just it's just more in how he um, and how he tells the story. It's it's not you know start it start it uh, conception and go mm-hmm. to resurrection. Um, even the very first chapter uh, of uh, John, he he's going back even before creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because he's making a point. He's he's it's theology about Jesus. Yeah. you know, it's that he was in the beginning. He is God. He is instead of relying on Jesus's words to be shown that he is the Son of God. John's it's like a running commentary on the life of Christ. Yeah, and really, and and. If you ever find yourself in John you, you and you think, okay, this is odd, um, he didn't put anything in any order out of coincidence or just haphazardly. I mean, he really took his time crafting this. It's the last gospel written, and so the other th- he already knew the other three were in existence, and mm-hmm. he, he had the chance to, uh, to to read them, know about them, and say, I'm going to create a, 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 uh, an account of Jesus' life that is, um, that is, that is true. And he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, we believe, to do that. Um, but he just did it in a way that was that was very different than mm-hmm. than the other three. Yeah. Well, uh, one more thing about the uh, the Gospel of John is that uh, he, he really the centerpiece of his storytelling is around these seven "I am" statements of Jesus. And so Jesus makes seven statements where he starts out by saying "I am," and he's using those words to hearken back to uh, God identifying himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And so God tells Moses... Uh, I am that I am. Yeah, I am Yahweh, that I am. Right. Yeah, and so that's where we get the name Yahweh. <laughs> and so when Jesus says I am, he's claiming to be God. And seven times in, in the Gospel of John, he makes these I am statements. So in chapter 6, he says, I am the bread of life. In chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. In chapter 10, he says, I am the door or I am the gate, depending on your translation. Um, also in chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. In uh, chapter 11, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. In chapter 14, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then in chapter 15, he says, I am the true vine. And so John is is organizing these things in such a way to prove that Jesus, uh, the reason they killed him was not because they didn't like what he was doing. They didn't, you know, there was personality conflicts. The reason people wanted to kill Jesus was because, because he claimed to be God, and that's really again going back to John's purpose, as stated in chapter twenty. Uh, John's trying to prove the point that Jesus is God, and that Jesus uh, is the Savior of the world, and that that's what Jesus claimed. That's what his ministry was all about. And so, those seven mm-hmm. I am statements are are unique to to John, and really, I think serve as the centerpiece to the structure for the entire gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always wanted to study those really in depth, and I think it'd be fun to write a Bible study on it too. On the I am statements. Well, you're going to hear Jesus. a sermon about it, about the I am yes. the bread of life this Sunday. So. Yes. So. All right. Well, thank you, Chris, Dr. Chris, Dr. Orr, uh, for all that information on John. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in there with us. And we are just so grateful for all of your feedback on social media, especially for reviews. And we're just thankful that um, you're listening in. So catch us next time for episode 13. And have a good day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. 
to learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to Focused15.com. Have a great week.